This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello and welcome to you all. It is another Friday, which means it's another time for Fake News Friday, which means it's... Oh no, that was it. That was all I had. Yeah, it's Fake News Friday, December 9th, 2022. I am Andrew Lawton, joined as always or as usual by Harrison Faulkner, swimming through that blizzard of lies, debunking all that's wrong in the world, and hopefully trying to make sense of it and make you laugh. Did I get the mandate of the show right? I think you're pretty close there. I have to say, usually you usually you team me up with a little how was your week? And I was going to say that my week was great until I just read a Twitter thread, Andrew, which really shook my confidence as a journalist. I started to realize that, hey, these these Toronto Star journalists, these experts over there that take a bit of take a bit of a taxpayer money, they have so much confidence and so much pride in their work that they actually equate their journalism, Andrew, to brain surgery. And I mean, when, when, when you put it in that sense, us lowly journalists at True North, how can we possibly compete with the expert brain surgeon journalists over at the Toronto Star. <laughs> yeah, that is fair enough and a, a perfect segue into this thread that was written by one Toronto Star journalist by the name of uh, Saba uh, Itazaz. Now, I'm not familiar with Saba's work and I have no idea how good she is as a journalist, but it was an odd sort of comparison she made here because she said that imagine someone randomly showing up when you're sick and saying they'll be performing surgery on you without any training, accreditations, qualifications. You're like, no way. They're like, how dare you gatekeep this profession? I'm an independent surgeon. I see where it's going. She continues, if someone knows how to merely point scalpels at things and cut them, would you let them work on you because mainstream doctors are too elite? Give the power back to the people. They don't need to be trained. They just need to be there. Now apply that to journalism. You got it. Whoa. I'm told that people liked it when I did that last time. When I get to, when I flip on sassy mode, that's what I'm doing. That's an old so, boss from the past. Mike, I can't drop this mic because it's, you know, wired in there. But if I were to drop the mic, that would be when I would drop the mic. So the point is that uh, journalism is like brain surgery. And anyone who says you should support an independent journalist is like saying that you want just some guy that lives under the bridge to do your uh, surgery. I don't even quite know the point that she's making. Like, at first I read it and was wondering, is she calling for licensing of journalists? And then I wondered, is she just saying that you have to go to journalism school to be a journalist? Like, I, I wasn't even quite clear what the point was. It just basically sounded to me like she was saying, you know what, I'm a real journalist. Anyone outside the club doesn't get to be a part of it. Well, I think that's exactly it, Andrew. I mean, it's not like it's a new, it's not like it's a new opinion that this journalist is sharing. We hear it constantly that unless you work for one of the big mainstream outlets, one of the outlets in Canada that, you know, takes a bunch of cash from the government, which is usually a sign that you're not really objective. But nonetheless, that's what Toronto Star is doing. So that's usually what they're saying. They're saying that really, unless you work for one of, unless you work with us, unless you're part of our club, 
well then frankly you're not even a real journalist and we can look we can look at all these other examples but just this week we can even we can even tie this into what happened to Blacklock's reporter the independent outlet at the parliamentary press gallery they were they were kicked out of the parliamentary press gallery because what one of the journalists was supposedly not wearing earphones in the uh, in the parliamentary office i think it was it was it was deeper than that of course they don't take money from the government and the rest of them do and that's sort of this whole this whole idea that there's a club there's a little club and you're not in it unless you work for one of these outlets and i mean take a look at this it it's, it it doesn't even really i don't know it, it doesn't even take very much very much analysis unless you unless you are part of their club you're not you're not really a, a real journalist all of these outlets that do take money from the government all of these journalists that do work for these outlets all pretty much write the same exact thing they all have the exact same narrative and that's exactly what they're going for here they are basically saying that unless you went to journalism school unless you are a part of our club you're not a real journalist so Susan Thompson, this woman on Twitter, uh, responded back and just said, so am I not a reporter because I started streaming with only an English degree? We have editors, you know. <laughs> and of course, then she responded back and said, well, there you go. You have a vetting system in place. I find this hilarious since I'm a refugee journalist, not even from here, and don't have a Western J school degree or any privilege. This tweet is not what you think it is. So uh, again, it's all, it's all part of this sort of backtracking. She ended up deleting the tweet because I think she realized how insane it was, Andrew, but... Even when she faced backtrack, even, even when she faced criticism, sorry, she couldn't really hold up her argument. And she's saying, well, she has no privilege. She doesn't have a Western J school degree. She just works for the Toronto Star. Very strange. Yeah, there was another tweet in that exchange, though, that I found even more amusing because the person says to her, well, your point wasn't really clear. And she said that it's good enough to serve me fine. I don't follow a colonial syntax and I don't need to cheers. So that's basically like your cover letter for a Toronto Star job. You use a phrase like colonial syntax and you are absolutely in the clear. And I have to bring this up because uh, there's this new thing going around you may have seen online. It's called Chat GPS and it's basically this open AI service that you can use and it's a free sort of beta trial thing. If you find it really creepy, I get it. AI stuff is very weird. And you can actually give this little bot a prompt and ask it to do something for you. You could have a conversation with it. You could ask it to write something for you. I was playing around one night when I couldn't sleep and I said this. I gave the prompt this exact thing. This is not a word of a lie. I said, please write me a Toronto Star column about how power tools are racist. And I'm like, I don't know. This thing's not going to work. It's not going to give me anything. Lo and behold, it gave me one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight paragraphs that I think you could copy and paste and put into the Toronto Star. I won't read the whole thing. You can see it up on the screen there. The lead. It may seem strange to suggest that power tools and animate objects used for construction and repairs could have any connection to racism. However, when we examine the history and current use of these tools, a pattern emerges that reveals their inherent bias and discrimination. You skip forward ahead, it makes the case very well. And then at the end of it, in conclusion, power tools may appear to be neutral objects, but the history and current use of these tools reveal a pattern of bias and discrimination from their association with traditional gender roles and whiteness to the potential negative effects on marginalized workers. It's clear that power tools are not as neutral as they may seem. It's important for us to recognize and address these biases in order to create a more equitable and inclusive society. Did I just result in a Toronto Star reporter getting laid off? Because that to me seems just perfect. 
it's perfect, Andrew. It's free of all colonial syntax, and it's right on the money. That's really that's really what I think is going on here. This this AI bot that's almost scary. It's, it, it's scary how accurate that is. It's incredible. Um, you know, I, I hope that uh, you never know though, because because if it didn't go to, if it didn't go to J school, Andrew, it's maybe not even part of the club. I mean, maybe we have to. Uh, Maybe we should bring in the AI bot as and publish it as uh, as sort of like a joke column in True North, <laughs> as basically like the most absurd take you can ever have. Because really, that's brilliant. That's hilarious stuff. Yeah, I won't read it because it wasn't exactly PG. But I did another one later. I asked <laughs> it to write me a love story between a Twitter doctor and a mask, and it got uh, it got very erotic there. So uh, we that one's for the after hours edition of the program. Uh, th th I'm gonna like this. AI writing stuff is supposed to save time, but I think I'm just wasting time because all day now I'm just going to be putting in these these different prompts here. Uh, let's talk about a uh, walking, talking AI machine. Actually, no, I don't think there's any I, which is, you know, intelligence. Uh, but uh, this is from Jagmeet Singh, who has said that he is confronting the genocide that is taking place in Canada. What's he going on about, Harrison? So, uh, what was it, on Monday or Sunday, uh, Jagmeet Singh quote-tweeted an MP, and he wrote this, White supremacy, misogyny, race, and racism continue to contribute to this ongoing genocide of MMIWG2S. Uh, and we must confront it, Andrew. So, the MMIWG, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls, um, that is under the... Uh, you know, in the eyes of Jagmeet Singh, in the eyes of some, uh, you know, even Justin Trudeau, that is supposed to be a genocide in Canada right now. Uh, and he tacks on the two spirit uh, to the end of that, which I wasn't aware of. I didn't know that actually the there was a genocide uh, being perpetrated by white supremacists against two spirited indigenous women and girls. But nonetheless, apparently Jagmeet Singh thinks it is. Um, but yes, anyway, so he writes this tweet basically saying Andrew, that the government that you know, he is propping up as, uh, as a part of this coalition is contributing to genocide, which is a very strange accusation to make. You're, you're basically making that accusation against yourself too, in a way. Uh, he's talking about what took place in, uh, he's talking about basically the murder of three women, indigenous women. Um, and, and actually it's four. One woman has yet to be identified by a serial killer in Winnipeg. Now that is supposed to be a genocide. And he jumps at the opportunity to say it's a white supremacy, it's misogyny, it's racism, and we must confront this genocide. And we got some great replies, and he got absolutely crushed in the comments, Andrew. He was the winner of the Ratio of the Week Award, the, the Prize Ratio of the Week Award on Ratioed. Uh, and take a look at this. So Jonathan Kay commented this. He says, there's an ongoing genocide being conducted by the Canadian government, the same government that's been in power for seven years, which you and the NDP are now propping up as accessories to genocide. When are you and your whole genocidaire caucus going to turn yourself into The Hague? Which is a funny way to look at this situation, because why would Jagmeet Singh be so uh, willing to label the government he's propping up as genocide? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a very real issue. And I think it's a very tragic issue. And what's happened in Canada with these Indigenous women, what's happened with the range of Indigenous uh, women and girls that have gone missing, that have been killed, is absolutely horrific. But you cheapen these things when you start trying to score political points on them, which is what happens when Justin Trudeau gets up on stage and accuses his own country, his own government, of perpetrating an ongoing genocide. And then we'll, when it comes to accusing China of genocide, it's, well, uh, uh, you know, the word means uh, it's tough to say. No, I mean, who are we to say? It's like, you called yourself the leader of a genocidal nation. And, and Jagmeet Singh, same thing. You are propping up a genocidal government 
or are you just accusing Canadians of genocide? Like, here's my belief. If you believe genocide is happening right now, what are you doing about it? Like, what does it say about you if you're sitting on your computer right now doing nothing and you think genocide is taking place? No, it's a, it, you're exactly right, Andrew. It is a tragedy. And instead of doing anything about it, it's not like it's not like we're seeing even the Canadian government, Justin Trudeau, as you said, labeled this a genocide as well. It's not like we're seeing really the Canadian government do much about it either, uh, let alone Jagmeet Singh, who's propping up the government. So as you said, you said it perfectly. There, they believe there is an ongoing genocide in this country. They have no willingness to actually call out a legitimate genocide that is taking place in China, yet they're not doing anything about it. And they're just trying to use it to score political points. It is, it's, it's, it's atrocious, it's tragic, it's disgusting, really. Yet it's just supposed to be accepted. We can't just go around, Andrew, and call ourselves genocidal. Because if you're not gonna do anything about it, if you're not gonna actually address the root cause of the problem, there was an article in 2015 from the Globe and Mail which said 70% of these incidents are, take, are, being, are being perpetrated by indigenous men. So there's a real problem taking place. We're not pinning the blame on anybody. But what we are saying is if there's a real problem going on, if it is really a tragedy as these politicians say it is, which it obviously is, then do something about it. Actually solve the problem, but don't just go around saying it's white supremacy, it's, it's misogyny, it's, genocide, it's, it's racism. It's atrocious. It's, it's re completely ridiculous. Yeah, you're basically just doing governance by the AI machine that I wrote the Toronto right. Star column with. It's uh, ridiculous. Uh, why don't you take this next story, which actually I think is also a contender for having written, been written by an AI machine. Oh, most certainly, Andrew. This is yet another example of some great surgery-like journalism here from the Ottawa Citizen. Also a, uh, a taxpayer-funded receiving, a taxpayer-receiving uh, journalism outlet. They wanted to sort of expand their, uh, expand their pool of writers. So what did they do, Andrew? They took a special column written by a mask. Get it? Written by a mask. Very clever stuff. Very, very deep. As the kids say, it's very meta. Very deep stuff. And I'm just going to read to you some of these lines because... Again, this is just an excellent piece of journalism, Andrew. Really hitting the hitting hard and really kind of going right at the issues here. Starts off with this. Now, hang on. Just before we get into this, I set the stage. Is this written by a N95 mask? Is it written by a cloth mask? Is it written by a gas mask? Do do no, we no, know any no. identifiable details about the author? Uh, my 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 first read on it, Andrew, is that it's one of those uh, blue medical cloth masks, not an N95 mask, so it really is not up to the real standard. No. It's not up to the standard. So this is of, one of the forgotten what? masks. This is like yesterday's downtrodden mask. Completely, completely. No, terrible, it's, terrible. It's not, as Dr. Tam says, it's not one of those well-fitting medical masks. It's just one of those blue random masks. Uh, and he's feeling, this mask is feeling really left behind. Because I, did all, you just gone. misgender the mask, by the way? Do you, did it tell you it was a male? No, it didn't. I don't think I did. I don't think I did misgender it. But if I did, I, I have to... Uh... Well, it could be a she. I don't know if it's a he mask. Come on, Harrison. Be woke. Well, I'm being safe and I'm going to go with they. How about that? We'll okay. start with they. They, they them is don't... always good. Right, right. It's just it's just a mask. So we'll go with they for it. And, 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 and the, the mask starts off with this. It's me, your mask. I'm here in between the cushions of your couch. Or maybe I'm under the bed. It's difficult to tell. It's so dark. Wow, just, just wonderful, wonderful way to start off. And then it goes on, Andrew, there's some just, there's some incredible, incredible lines here. As people continued to get sick and die, we got over that. And pretty soon you wouldn't go anywhere without me. We lined up together at stores. You showed me off at work. We were very close, very close. I felt you every time you smiled. It's kind of creepy. And as autumn rolled into winter, you remarked more than once how I felt a nice warm scarf. 
a nice, warm, safe scarf, Andrew. That's, that's very important. It wasn't just a warm scarf. It was a safe scarf around your mouth. Very good stuff. And then, of course, they had to kind of, the, the mask sort of broke out. It's, it's, it's medical knowledge because, as we all know, a very smart mask here. Remember that BMJ, formerly British Medical Journal Analysis, last November, more than 70 studies worldwide looking at public health measures. It said mask wearing accounted for a 53% reduction in the, in the incidence of COVID-19. We were doing good work, you and I. Not, you know, I mean, 50% of them didn't, 50% of them didn't work, but I guess 50% of them did work. So there you go. Good work. And also it gets political. The mask gets a little political. When Ontario Premier Doug Ford said, we've got to move on, that was all you needed. It was the final straw. Without even a last kiss goodbye, you discarded me as quickly as Andy threw Woody into his pile of ignored toys once Buzz arrived. Oh, Andrew, it's a love story between a mask and a forgotten friend, a forgotten, a forgotten lover in the mask. Just it's pretty, pretty mouthy mask, by the way. I know, right? I mean, where does a mask get off thinking it's so special? It's just a, just a regular blue mask, but... Look, this is the kind of stuff you get when the taxpayers fund your journalism. This is the kind of quality stuff you get. And I don't even know if our AI bot friend would be able to pull off, pull off something as, as, as incredible as this, Andrew. Yeah, I wonder if, like, The Mask is a recipient of the local journalism initiative funding or something. If The Mask was if the mask was subsidized. Maybe this was an advertorial by the Public Health Agency of Canada. You never know. Well, if it's not, then we do have the independent press gallery to back up the mask, too. If, yeah, if, if A-Mask. The... We'll have to check if A-Mask has applied for accreditation with the IPG. I don't know if that's... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if we can allow A-Mask in. Well, we'll have to leave that up to, uh, to the experts. So we'll leave that up to you guys, Andrew. But I got to say, I mean, like I said... This is the kind of stuff that that with with probably without taxpayer funding you probably would never get. This is a, this is a perfect example of why this sort of stuff in the Ottawa Citizen is very important. Uh, they do end up telling us who might be behind the mask at the end of the story. Uh, the guy's name I hate to burst our bubble here, but it turns out the guy the guy might be named Bruce Deachman. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't be bragging about that if I were you, Bruce. No, no. <laughs> Exactly, but nonetheless, he well, he didn't he didn't put his name in the byline. He only put it at the very bottom. I wonder how many people actually got to the okay. bottom of that article. Yeah, he kept up the illusion until the uh, until the bitter end. Yeah. All right, <laughs> uh, uh, do we have time for one more? Right, because this one this was your baby. You wanted to do this one, right? Most certainly. Yet yet another example, Andrew, of great surgery like precision when it comes to journalism. We're tackling the real issues here. This is from the Washington Post. Just take a look at this headline here. Shark Week lacks diversity. Overrepresents men named Mike, scientists say. So, you know, these are the real issues here when the Washington Post is not going after systemic racism, when the Washington Post is not tracking down Donald Trump's nefarious activities, the Russian connection, all of that nasty stuff. They're going after the Shark Week, Discovery Channel's lack of diversity, no joke here. Researchers say Discovery's programming overwhelmingly featured white men as experts while emphasizing this is a real important part here. They, they, they hid this in the headline, Andrew, while overemphasizing negative messages about sharks. So we're being too nasty to the great white shark. We're being, we're being too preferential to scientists named Mike and we're being too preferential to experts who are white males. Now, I can absolutely understand that this is the kind of stuff Jeff Bezos was hoping to uncover when he bought the Washington Post. You know, he was probably looking to get maybe some favorable headlines for Amazon, but also tackling the real issues a lack of diversity on Shark Week. Uh, again, let me just go back to the original point, which we, which we touched on at the beginning. These journalists here who are such experts, who are such giants in the field, Andrew, us at True North, we can never reach these heights. 
The journalist who wrote this is a Stanford graduate. You know, really, absolutely hard-hitting stuff. I'm, I, 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 it's almost, it's humbling to me to read something like this and realize I'm not even close. I, I, maybe I missed something here. Are the sharks named Mike? Like, where are all the Mikes coming from in Shark Week? The Mikes are the white scientists on the show. So they did, they did this really hard-hitting analysis stuff here. They did some, they did some uh, research. So there are too many marine biologists named Mike. That's the complaint That's here. exactly it. That's exactly it. So from 1988 to 2020, in a study which was completed uh, by the Public Library of Science, which I think just included watching TV, uh, watching endless hours of Shark Week content, which you know is actually a good way of getting uh, of getting some grants. You can, you pitch something you pitch some insane story. You say we're gonna we're gonna track down the lack of diversity on Shark Week, and really all you get to do is just watch TV for hours and hours on end. It turns out that actually there's too many white Mike men, white men named Mike on the program, and not enough black women. And all of all of the Mike content on Shark Week is is nasty towards shark. We're not we're not portraying sharks, Andrew, as these great beings of, uh, of, of oceanic art. You know, we're, we're painting them as nasty, scary creatures in the depths of the oceans. The, 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 the study author's name is Dave. How dare you take aim at overrepresenting Mike's when your name is Dave? I, I know, Andrew. They, uh, he's like, that's, they, like the, that's like one step short of John Smith, and he's like, oh, we have too many Mikes here. It's like Dave's supremacy is uh, coming to roost here. My goodness. Even better, Andrew, there's another study in that they, sort, they source in this article, and the, the last name of the person who, who, who created this other study, his last name is White Neck. Hey, the guy's last name is White. Hey, does he have a knack for being white? Is that the? Is that? Is this like a big display of white shark? Great white privilege? I don't know. Yeah. So it's 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 Lisa White Knack and Dave who are talking who are doing this deep hard hitting analysis on the on too many mics, too many white men talking too many nasty things about sharks. I'm out. I'm just shots. doing the, I'm getting the AI thing to do the show next week. So yeah. have at it. Uh, this has been another edition of Fake News <laughs> Friday. Harrison Faulkner, you can catch him at Ratioed and you can catch me at The Andrew Lawton Show and you can catch all of our colleagues at TNC.News where I hope you can chip in a few bucks for the stellar news that you can't live without that you only get here on Fake News Friday about, you know, white... Sharks named Mike or whatever. I don't know. Uh, donate. I'm not selling it. Donate.tnc news. Support, support our journalism. Uh, have a great weekend, everyone.